0: people what's up it's Ursula and AJ welcome to our special edition episode on heaven part 1 can we start by just clarifying what heaven is well the heaven that we're mostly talking about is the final heaven the one that revelation says comes down to earth this is going to be god's dwelling place where he lives with us and among us and we are resurrected with our physical bodies but in the first line of genesis it says that god created the heavens And the earth, so we know that there's multiple heavens, and we also know that through the apostle Paul, he said to be away from our body is to be present with the Lord. So we know there's a current heaven, but we also know that the final heaven isn't here yet because the battle of Armageddon hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, you know, when I was younger, I always thought you just when you
0: die, you just go to heaven and you become an angel. You know what's funny? I I think I thought I used to think that too, and I and I used to think that you know, we'd be floating in the clouds as angels and that we would just be praising God all day long. That's what I used to think.
1: Really? Yeah. I I thought that we all just become angels. I don't think I thought too much into it in depth, but we all become angels. And I thought that we would get to, I I just made this up. I don't know why I made this up, but I made up that you'd get to ask God one question. (laughs) Just one. Just one. (laughs) I did. I really did. And I always would think, What's what, the one question? What is the one question? And I would like trick myself. Like I would say, what are all the secrets of the world? Because it's one question, but mm-hmm. then I get to know everyone. like asking a genie <laughs> for more wishes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I got you. I know. So I asked other people preparing for this episode, but they thought, just friends and family, what they thought when they thought of heaven. And a lot of them said like perfect. A lot of people said light, peace, joy, sunshine, bliss, happiness. And then one of my friends even said the gates. They think of
0: like the gates of heaven. I was like,
1: Mm -hmm. oh, that's a good one. I never think about that.
0: You know what I noticed when you said that, though? So a lot of the words that people use to describe heaven are emotions. It's like, yeah, we are definitely going to experience all those positive emotions, but we need to start looking at heaven as a place, not a feeling. Like this is a real tangible place. And we're going to get into all of those details in depth, but this is a real living place and it's brimming with life. You're right. It's just a
1: feeling. Like you're trying to explain it, but it's not no one talks about it as a place. Like this is where we're
0: all going to go. Right. If, and I, like you said, you know, I I thought it was this place where I couldn't really relate to. I can't yeah. relate to being a a spirit floating around praising God all day. Look, I love me some Jesus. <laughs> I love me some Jesus, but I do not want To float around and praise all day—that's just nobody's idea of fun. That is Satan's biggest victory. If we can't relate and if we can't desire heaven, I think that you know, sadly, we've been broken as a people, and then it kind of has become a core truth for us that if it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah. But it's not. This isn't too good to be true. But if we kind of believe that, then Satan wins. These words. Of heaven and the truth of heaven were handed to us by a loving God who cared that we knew the truth, who proved it to us by dying for us. He left us clues in history and the Bible. People today, they're not living like heaven is really real. Yeah. Where is a place that you and Al have always wanted to go together? Greece. Okay. So in two years, let's say in two years, you two have an all-expense paid trip to Greece. It's gonna be a month long. And you're going to experience the best that Greece has to offer. Okay. Let's say this is your reality right now. In two years, you guys have this beautiful trip planned. And it's going to be a month long. So it's like a oh, this is an amazing, I mean, this is this is a good trip. <laughs> we are preparing. We're gonna have so many excursions. Okay. We will see everything. Everything in the next two years would just be better and happier because your mood would be great, because you would have this really incredible thing to look forward to. Yeah everything would be changed. Or I'd be mad that I have to wait two years. (laughs) Exactly. That's true. You would be. You'd be like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You'd start having countdowns. And that's what heaven is for us. It's going to be this amazing, beautiful paradise. And and we're going to be there dwelling with our creator. You know, Al said this morning, we were talking about this
1: and he said, no one ever talks about heaven until somebody dies. Isn't that true? Yeah. Wow. Isn't it? I mean, gosh. Yeah. Besides, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. Like, what are we going to do when we get to heaven? You asked me to go on vacation with you there. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that, I mean, people aren't talking about heaven. And this is, listen, when you're just naturally in life, you talk about your dreams, your hopes, your future, all these things, what you're doing, you know, next weekend. But like, what are you doing for eternity? (laughs) Right. That's
0: why I want to get ahead on my plans. (laughs) I even said to my husband, I'm like, hey, are we going to like hang out? (laughs) the afterlife like you want to help me a- it's like no my soul
1: is going to the other side <laughs> of heaven of heaven i mean <laughs> that is funny
0: i think people think of heaven and hell and they think like death that's it right end of story one of the books that i read which i believe is the most comprehensive book ever written on the topic of heaven is written by randy alcorn who is a scholar. He's written over 70 books. I didn't realize until Randy did the research how much the Bible actually says about heaven, giving us the ability to paint a pretty good picture, at least one that is desirable.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I wouldn't know I didn't read that book.
0: (laughs) Randy Elkhorn says in his book, and I want to get the exact quote, we are no more drawn to value angelic realm than we are to eating gravel. Meaning <laughs> we don't want to go float in the clouds out all, all day, because God didn't create us to want that. Yeah. And to think that the culmination of his entire creation, of all of everything that he has ever spoken into truth, to think that the culmination of that would be a boring <laughs> existence all that all this for that is so funny you know it is so funny that's not at all what he wants you know it's so funny to think that we somehow let ourselves believe that yeah you know and how we'll always say things like "Thank heavens
1: or oh heaven on earth and this is heaven like we relate it to something great but then we never want to talk about it we never want to go over it it's very vague
0: AJ, guess what's coming up? What? Christmas! And you know what that means. I don't! <laughs> Family! Here at Tolls Podcast, we love families, but we recognize that we don't always have things to talk about. As our Christmas
1: gift to you, we're releasing an episode a couple days before Christmas on the reliability of the Bible.
0: Arm yourself with talking points about the most important book that exists on earth on the holiday that started it all. Happy birthday to our man, Jesus Christ, and see you December 21st. You know what I I thought was so interesting? That documentary we just saw after death. Recommend. So it's a documentary about near-death experiences. A near-death experience is an experience that occurs during a time when a person is clinically dead and recounted after they have made a miraculous recovery. Okay, so we don't really know how to measure it. That's not technically scientific proof, but the apostle Paul had a near-death experience in the Bible. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. So Actually, let me t-
1: tell me about this.
0: <laughs> okay. So in the early years of his ministry, Paul was stoned in the city of Lystra. He was preaching and he was stoned. And after he collapsed, they dragged him and left him. To die off to the side. I don't know if he was dead when they left him, but he died. And then what ended up happening is his disciples, meaning like the people that Paul brought to Christ, his followers who were like learning from him, like formed a circle around him and he just got up and walked away. Like That's he stood crazy. up and walked. I know <laughs> it was just Wild. a very miraculous recovery, but he didn't write about it until 14 years later in Corinthians. He said that it was a paradise. And that he heard things too sacred to be put into words, things that a person is not committed to speak. But the reason he brought it up was because at the time he was writing a letter to, I believe this is in Corinthians, but he was writing a letter to Corinth and he was saying, you know, there were so many false preachers at the time and he wanted to basically like outrank the false preachers and say, no, like, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I've even been to heaven. Like, I've seen it with my own eyes. So, I thought to myself, okay, if the Apostle Paul can have a near death experience, yeah. then obviously these are, it's okay to talk about them. So, Raymond Moody was a doctor. i liked like he was also agnostic. Just gonna throw that out there. I love, I love, <laughs> I love throwing out when somebody didn't believe in Christ and then suddenly did through their research. Yep. Love that. Okay, so Raymond Moody's a doctor, a scholar, researcher. He published the first book on. Near death experiences because through his work, he was hearing more and more stories about this. And he was like, I've got to put this into research. You know, I've got to document all this. Raymond Moody said that through his research, there are a lot of common elements to a near death experience. And not everyone experiences every one of these, but there's about 15 that he saw repeat themselves over and over and over from people who had near death experiences. So first, um, or I'm just going to name some of them, but, um, uh, okay, hold on, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Okay. People basically say that the first thing is that, and this one appears the most, is that it's impossible to describe, that people, and one woman said it this way, I only know three-dimensional words to describe things, but what I saw was not three-dimensional.
1: Yeah, I came across something like that, too. (laughs) Not that explanation, but same thing, like, Im- <laughs> isn't that so cool? You're so weird.
0: <laughs> I love it. I was trying to, like, do the galaxy sounds, like, Hoo, I wish people could see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they hear things after they're dead. So let's say you were on the operating table and your heart has stopped, your brain has no activity, so you're clinically dead. Yep. But yet you were able to, after coming back to life, tell the doctors conversations about stuff that they talked about when you were s- clinically dead. So that's another thing that was common. Al- almost all of them experienced going through a tunnel. I got that too. I got that too. A feeling that is out of the body, meeting other people, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, Feeling like they still have like a shape to them. Does okay. that make sense? Like they're yeah. still like, they still take a, space Space, yes yeah okay um a being of light
1: yep you got those same things i have
0: okay and then uh, and and i'm just gonna end on this one but a life review also came up got that one too Mm -hmm. what i also thought was like crazy 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 when i was reading these is that the people who had a near-death experience none of them have any doubt whatsoever there is absolutely no chance that you can convince them it was a hallucination because every single person says it feels more real than earth it feels better it feels more real than earth i need a near death experience stat no, i wish i did <laughs> <laughs> there's even a support group for people that had a near death experience do you know why because they're like when your view of our existence so drastically is changed because the afterlife is confirmed, then you can't relate to people who don't have that understanding anymore. Cause I all feel less than right now. Because all they want to <laughs> live for is... But here's the yeah. thing. You don't have to experience it to believe in it. And that's where I want to get everyone listening. But
1: I want to, Ursula. Well, but you I will.
0: You will. You will.
1: Okay, can I yes, tell you... Yes, tell
0: me the story that you've been <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell me this whole time. The whole- yeah, Zip I've been trying lips. to tell Ursula this story Zip the, my the entire
1: time. She won't let me. Okay, so... That book you let me borrow, the well, gave me. It's mine now. Uh, <laughs> the, it's Imagine Heaven. I think it's by John Burke, right? Imagine yep. Heaven. Okay, yes. John Burke. Yes, I didn't bring it. Sorry. Um, I read this story in there, and then I researched it because it was good. So it stuck with me. It stuck with me. Okay, so just wait.
0: <laughs> okay, go. I'm sweating. I mean, you've been leading up know, to know, this know, story know, this know, whole know, time, and now you're like taking your time. I know.
1: I know. So there's this woman. And she was blind since birth. She's her name was Vicky, and at 22 years old, um, she was singing at a she was singing at a nightclub, I think in Seattle. Um, she got a ride home from this nightclub. The driver had been drinking, and they got into an accident, and she was thrown from the van. So after she was thrown, she had an out of body experience and was above her above the accident, and she just remembers seeing the van like crumpled. And then all of a sudden, like nothing, she doesn't remember the ride to the hospital. All of a sudden, she's at the hospital and she's hovering on the ceiling of the hospital bed. Now, this woman is blind since birth. She has never seen anything. She does not understand light or the concept of light. She's never seen light or darkness. She is blind. So she is above the operation table and she can give detailed description of she remembers the doctor working on her a woman working on her she had a cut in her head she she saw blood even though she can't describe like the color of blood
0: oh my gosh she saw
1: blood and she's describing these things that are really like she's disoriented because she's figuring it out and you have to read the story to understand she like figured out it was her because she realized like okay i'm hovering above mm-hmm. and she came to but she felt a feeling of like free so then she goes and she's describing things about the doctors about the metal table so she goes above the ceiling or she goes through the roof of of the hospital and all of a sudden like you said she's going through a tunnel a dark tunnel and she has this feeling of being free so she gets to the end of the tunnel she hears music and it's it's worship music it's praise it's music praising god so when she gets out of this tunnel there's like bright lights and she sees five i think it was five people that she knew from from earth uh-huh. so it was like two childhood friends two caretakers her grandmother so she didn't get to speak to them because there was like a radiant light and she explaining this experience she was saying how everything was love like everything there was like again that, there's yeah. no words to oh. describe it but everything was like light and she was like a, a, a being she wasn't like a physical body she was like a a beam of light and then there was even a more radiant light brighter than all the others and it was Jesus and so he hugged her oh. so this is her experience he hugged her and then he replayed um her life for her since birth And did a whole review, like you said, did a whole review of her life and showed her everything and, you know, pointed out things to her. And then he told her she has to go back and she didn't want to go back. Yep. But he was like, you have to go back. He told her she would have children, which she did. Oh, my God. Yes. She had to go back and learn and teach more about love and forgiveness and have her kids, which she did. So she went back. So the craziest thing about this is that she's blind. So like you said, you can hear things, you know, when they're clinically dead. But she has never seen anything, and this woman could give detailed descriptions wow, of things yeah. she's never experienced in her life. Uh-huh. And Proving. so she was part of this study. So this professor, uh, I think it was, it, uh, yeah, this professor at the University of Connecticut, his name was Kenneth King, Kenneth Ring. Sorry, um, he was doing a study on um, near-death experiences of blind people, and and she was part of the study. Well also in that study so i think there was 31 respondents there was 31 people that he was studying and some of them they not all of them had been blind since birth but her specifically she was blind since birth and there was another story in there of a man when he was 8 years old he had a very similar experience to hers and he was blind since birth also and he hovered above his body he actually had pneumonia and he was dead i think for 4 minutes but same study but they said that he hovered above his body, and he gave a description of his his roommate, because he was in a, a school for the blind. He gave a description of his roommate. Huh. He saw the tunnel, the light, all the things, had a very similar experience as an eight-year-old boy.
0: Had Which this proves, you know, that obviously they had a type of experience that, they, that means that they were given sight and were able to see.
1: Absolutely. So uh, at the end of the study, they really learned that there was no difference between a, a seeing person and a not a not sighted person there was no they they were both having the same experience oh okay, whether yeah. blind since birth or not that's a very cool takeaway so crazy and she was asked actually and one. I, I can't i don't know if it was in the study or in an interview but she was asked if it, um she had vis- visual perception in her dreams uh-huh she doesn't never did never has had a dream with any she has taste and no feelings way. and things like that yes but she said she has never had a visual yeah because she's been blind since birth she doesn't know yeah you know, oh my God, it's like heaven. You can be described so many times, right. but if you haven't experienced it, isn't that blew my mind? I, I want, read that and I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Now I'm like obsessed with it. Yeah, oh my God, I want, I want, I want a hug from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: After all that, I wait. you know what? You know what I was thinking about as you said, like we are, we kind of all live. Everyone really lives with this cloud of death above their heads. We're all afraid of death. We're all afraid. And the irony is that when you die with Christ. The moment of death truly becomes the right? best moment of your entire existence. Just have the are it. we why <laughs> are we so afraid of it? Like, I know. well, I'm not anymore. I know. I'm know. i always like, I, I, I mean, people might think I'm morbid, but I just know what heaven is. And I'm always telling my husband, I'm like, if you go there before me, I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. I mean, I, I love my kids and I love my husband and I love my life and I'm so thankful for my life, but I know what lies beyond and it's a continuation of life, Yeah. but it's a continuation of life with everything bad removed. So why wouldn't I want that more? Yeah.
1: Can I go back actually to that story? The When I said she had seen five people, I think it was five people that she had seen in heaven. She could describe them. She could give descriptions, accurate descriptions of them. So, I mean, this like thinking and, it's and, a hallucination. She had never seen them before.
0: Oh, so some of those people she didn't recognize? No, she did.
1: She knew who they were because she said when she went, she couldn't explain it, but it, she was all-knowing. Oh, oh my
0: gosh, duh. She was sorry. all-knowing. <laughs> sorry, duh. She was blind. That's right. She had never seen them. But yes, she yes. knew exactly who they were. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's another crazy... I didn't think about that. And she that. didn't actually get to, ex- to to speak to them. She did not communicate with them. Oh my goodness. Well, so my story with... Um, I studied a near-death experience as well. and Not going to be as
1: good as mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding.
0: (laughs) I studied Mary Neal. So I was first introduced to her story about, I think about two years ago or so, my husband watched a documentary on Netflix called Surviving Death. And her story is in there. But then I saw her again in the documentary after death. And there's just something about her story. And I'm going to get into why, but it, it just, I can't stop thinking about it. She was in a kayaking accident and, um, and and I believe she was in Argentina. And so they were kayaking and there were some waterfalls. Something happened where her kayak kind of got stuck and then it propelled her down a waterfall. And so she knew as she was going down that this was essentially it. Like she was like, oh, no, this is it. And um, so she ended up also somehow like the way she landed, she like got stuck between rocks. Or at any rate, she was underwater and she ended up being stuck underwater for 15 minutes. But she also she said, you know, she felt the tunnel. She met people that she loved. They took her and they accompanied her to the gates of heaven where she was going to meet Jesus. And she but right when they got there, they turned to her and they were like, It's just not your time yet. Um, so she ended up having to go back. But this is a really cool kind of part of her story. She was saying that while she was in heaven, eventually what happened is the people that she was kayaking with, they located her body, which was also a kind of a miraculous moment um, how it all happened. But they located her body and they were performing CPR on her, even though she at that point had been submerged for 15 minutes, which we know that like eight minutes without oxygen is brain damage. I was just going to say, wouldn't she
1: yep. be brain dead by then?
0: Yeah. And uh, they were trying to bring her back. They were giving her CPR and they were trying, they were yelling. They were like, Mary, like, come back, come back. They were like hysterical. And every now and then she would take a gasp of air, like, (gasps) but then oddly enough, not again for another couple minutes. It was just really weird. And they were like, what is happening? It kept them going. It kept them trying, but it was just unexplained why she would randomly take a gasp of air and then not again for, for several minutes. She was saying while she was in heaven, the calls of her friends just like some like mary don't leave us don't leave us it was so strong that's crazy that she would go down into her body and take a breath basically just to shut them up cuz she wanted to just focus on the afterlife she was like what is this like you were was, interrupting her yes they were
1: that's <laughs> Isn't that crazy funny? yeah
0: so she at one point spoke to an angel she said this being was of god in God and from God. She asked the angel, she said, Why don't we all get this experience? I know if we all experience death, like, the, or have a near death experience and see it with our own eyes, then everybody will be a believer. Yes. Essentially, the angel replied with John 20, when Thomas believes that Jesus came back from the dead by sticking his hands into Jesus's wounds and seeing and feeling them for himself. And Jesus replies, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. So I think it's, I think it kind of, I think it goes along with when God says to us, like he wants us to choose him. We could all have a near death experience and we could all instantly believe and love God, but then it wouldn't be for the right reason. Like, we have to trust. Like, this is our reward, but we have to love God besides. We had to choose Him. But the reason I haven't been able to forget this story since I heard it is that while she was in the afterlife, an angel told her that her oldest son would die as a young adult. And Mary asked, why? And the angel basically replied something like, beauty comes from everything. Okay. So Mary came back to life or, you know, her soul reentered her body. But anyway, so she never ended up telling her family about this, essentially this information and never doubted it which i find really like she she said that as he was getting older and older she kept wondering when's it going to happen when's it going to happen instead of instead of like defaulting like well maybe i imagined that yeah right like she never thought well maybe i imagined it she just was so certain it was real and she was like when's it going to happen because i know this is going to happen well when her son was 21 he was struck by a vehicle and he died instantly uh when she went to the spot where he died um She was struck by its beauty. His body had landed on a bed of wild alpine roses, um, which are just these little cute pink flower. I I looked them up. And so she said it was just, you know, for the saddest moment, it was still like a really beautiful... She knew that he had transitioned beautifully. And anyways, um, several weeks later, she saw a gigantic bloom of alpine roses on their property, and she had never seen them. Mm -hmm. And here's why it's extra special. She knows it was from her son because... Their family already had a similar story that her son knew about. When her, fa- when her stepfather died, when Mary's stepfather died, he loved this one tree called a Bradford pear tree, and he planted it in his yard, and he- it never bloomed. And he was going to chop it down because it never bloomed, but then he suddenly got pneumonia and just died very quickly. It was just like a rapid turn of events. 24 hours after his death, the Bradford pear tree bloomed. For the first time ever, it was like a 10-year-old tree. So that was like a, yes. And so that was a family story that they always shared. And so it's very much why she believes her son did that was because it was in the family. Like it was like a thing. I wholeheartedly agree with her. (laughs) Yes. Well, she, you know, she also said something in her book that really spoke to me as, you know, a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> she, <laughs> said, she said, you know, people believe outlandish myths and conspiracies, yet disregard thousands of personal and consistent testimonies of Miracles and Near-Death Experiences. I could not have said that better. I we are wasting all our the time. time. Yes. We we need to research the things that are the most important, the things that will serve us forever. We're going to link a bunch of near-death books that we have personally read over the years on our social media page. Definitely go check these books out, guys. They will change your
1: lives. For sure. Absolutely give them a read. They were They're so interesting. Even if you're skeptical, they're... It's a a good read. Yeah. Absolutely. And Alex, listen, Alex has converted for sure. He used to not believe. Well, I always think he believed, but he wouldn't admit it. (laughs) But he, I'll tell you, he believed in all the crazy things, all the conspiracy theories, all the, I mean, I don't know if they're all conspiracy theories. They're not. All conspiracy (laughs) theories. What's it it called? The Loch Ness Monster. What's the big, what's the? Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Oh my goodness. He loves Bigfoot. But I'm telling you, he like loves all those. He'll watch ghost stories on TV, but he wouldn't just believe in (laughs) God. I'm like, how can you believe in all of these things and not the one thing that really matters? That's funny. (laughs) Seriously,
0: let's end it on that. Next week, guys, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes. We're going to talk about our resurrected bodies what are they going to be like yeah and the physical part of heaven yeah what is it going to look like what are we going to do there guys it's going to be the most it's going to be the most exciting episode we have ever done <laughs> this time we mean it
1: we mean it every time <laughs> we mean it every time
0: we hope you guys have a beautiful day thank you for joining us may god bless you and may the spirit fill you